The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. Joining us right now from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest is Robert Larson. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hello, Heather. Hi. So apparently um, Temecula had a district-wide drug bust, and they had some undercover cops that were 22-year-olds that were going to uh, local area high schools and pretending they were high schoolers. And um, some people are claiming entrapment. What else happened on the drug bust? Yeah, this is an interesting story. I, I always have mixed feelings about these kinds of things. Uh, you know, on the one hand, there are you know, there is a problem with drugs in high school and we want them to be safe and but on the other hand, I I feel a little uh, uh uncomfortable with these undercover operations that often seem to be to have these elements of an entrapment and this whole thing with the drugs in the school is nothing new. It's been going on since uh, I was a teenager, which was uh, at least a couple of decades ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, I, I, there's this thing, I think, out in this area, this sort of like bedroom community kind of feel of, like, oh, we're safe from the big city crime, and it's not the case, and a lot of this stuff's going on. And so I think... Uh, on the one hand, it's like maybe a revelation for some people that it's going on. On the other hand, people I think knew and now they oh, we're going to take care of this. But um, yeah, it was uh, three high. It was Temecula, Temecula Valley High School, Chaparral High School, in uh, Rancho Vista Continuation School, and there uh, were I think a total of twenty something students that were arrested. A couple of whom are eighteen years old or maybe 19 even, uh, and so they're facing possible prison time. And I, I talked to a student that goes to Chaparral High School, uh, Chaparral, uh, not Chaparral, uh, Temecula Valley, and she was saying that, you know, she knew these guys that got arrested, and they were not, like, horrible guys that connected with gangs or anything. They were just dudes that everybody hung out with, and they liked to smoke some weed. And uh, so it, it saddens me that a couple of these guys may be facing prison time and whereas probation might be in order or something are not even charging them <laughs> yeah you know or some kind of education or something uh, it, it's this i don't think these are hardened type criminals and they're not like pushing all kinds of heavy drugs onto students they're just providing something that students want and uh so I, i'm yeah just a little saddened by that uh, however they did say that there were other other drugs involved and that uh, it wasn't just marijuana, that there was cocaine, uh, methamphetamine, ecstasy, heroin, LSD, and illegal prescription drugs, which I think mostly what the kids are into out here is Xanax. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I talked to this girl at the Temecula Valley High School, and she said that, yeah, there's kids at school that do ecstasy and LSD, and she, she but she didn't know anyone that does heroin. And she had talked to somebody who knew the, the the guy that got arrested, one of the main guys that's 18, over 18, and that he was, um, yeah, I don't know if entrapment is too strong of a word, but the, this undercover uh, girl, a uh, young woman working at the school, was first buying weed from him and then saying, well, you know where I can get some crack, yeah, and this kind of thing, and hey, can you get me some crack? Kept going on on that. It's something that he wasn't, normally doing but he knew people that could and so he's like yeah i wanted to accommodate her 
So, uh, yeah, I'm a little put off by that kind of thing. If it's not entrapment, it's it's something close to it, and I, I don't think it's a good thing. It, it's not something that we really should pursue. I mean, if someone has a drug problem, there it should be between them and their, uh, you know, substance abuse counselor. It shouldn't be in the criminal system. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, there's big-time sellers, yeah, that's that's an issue. But I don't think any of these kids at the school were big-time sellers, and yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't be doing this stuff at school if they were doing it at school. Um, yeah, you know, there's safety issues and all that, but not, yeah, I, I don't see these people as, as hardened criminals. Yeah, what's really funny, though, is when I went to school, that wasn't my first thing that I wanted to do is, oh, I really want to get hammered at school because that doesn't seem like a fun place for an acid trip or any other kind of drug experience. Well, I, I do think a lot of kids do smoke weed at school. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, not yet acid or anything else like that. That just seems like a really bad idea to be doing anything like that or heroin. Or, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, speedballing. Yeah, weed does does relax some people. It may do some weird things to their focus and um, their motivation. But sometimes people are just kind of stressed out and helps them get through the day. I'm not saying that that's a good solution for kids that have issues but it's what they do and and i i can see it not being chaotic at school just maybe being a little problematic with actually getting your work done yeah my favorite part of the story that we didn't discuss is the fact that the continuation school didn't have the most arrests that i thought was really amazing well yeah i know we all know about <laughs> continuation schools and why people are there but i think Probably the the issue there is that the population at the continuation school is a lot lower than at the other school. Oh yeah, that would probably yeah, you know, just yeah. it's raw numbers that way. Uh, so yeah, and I, I haven't heard of anything being involved here with the whole uh, private prison industry, but I know you and I've talked about that, and that's happened in other places where you have the private prison industry sort of. Um, I think. I think in Arizona they're running a school, and so they're trying to do drug busts so they can kind of get these people into their private prison system. Yeah, so it's a, a purely a, a business model, you know? and, yeah. Uh, let's let's bust kids in high school, get them into the criminal system, and if not right in our uh, private prisons, they're they're in the system. So it, it creates more in that class, more people in that class that uh, we can eventually make money off of. R really sick, really sick. And uh, you and I, I think, completely are in agreement that the private prison industry needs to, needs to end, if you know, yeah. like tomorrow. It, it really does, that in the private military industry. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, water situation, Willemar, there's an update. Yeah, uh, it's actually a good thing. Uh, it seems like they're really making some progress here in solving this problem. It, it's the... Uh, County Water Company, which sounds official, but they're they're a private company that supplies this water to this one area of Wildemar, and the water is tainted, and it's been that way for a while. Nobody's done anything about it, but now it's getting a lot of uh, publicity. Uh, but we were talking about it before hardly anybody else was, but now it's it's all over the news, at least the local news. And uh, so there are two other water districts, which I believe are are public, are not not private, that are sort of adjacent to this area and they got together uh, with uh, uh, it was the California Department of Public Health sort of called this uh, meeting together 
and to look for solutions. And these two uh, adjacent water districts are, are talking about taking over this uh, uh, private company. And I don't know if it's exactly eminent domain, but it's something along those lines and that we'll take care of this. They, they'll be given some money yeah. uh, uh, to be reimbursed for that. But they obviously can't continue supplying this water to people like this. Uh, so the, uh, they're, they're either the, what they're talking about is three different options of uh, one, uh, of the water districts taking it over or the other or splitting it sort of down the middle. And, uh, <clears throat> if they do that, then they'll, they, they have more funds and more resources and they'll be able to, uh, clean this up. And I think probably, I think they're looking at different issues, uh, Oh, they're using the term annex. I guess annex is kind of like eminent domain, huh? I think, yeah, well, annexing means that you're making it part of your system. So I, I don't think annexing just, I think, means that you're absorbing the the problem company into your system. So I guess that would involve eminent domain. So Yeah, yeah just uh, install a better system. And I think maybe just completely bypass the well that's being used to supply this water right now. Yeah, so this this is a good thing. I'm I'm happy uh, this is going to happen, and it's it seems like the the county is getting involved, and I don't know if the state still needs to be involved in this, but uh, it it may come to that. It just it needs to be taken care of because people have been getting sick, and yeah, and I think I think this lawyer is still involved. I haven't heard any more on that, but I I'm sure I I think these people have a right to be reimbursed, and uh, <laughs> you know oh so easily. Yeah, some people are sick. I mean, and I'm talking about some big money if they, they've gotten some illnesses because of this. So, but yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, the libertarian paradise known as Wildemar. So, um, in, in, in other Inland Empire news, what are some of the reactions to the shootings that occurred in Connecticut? Yeah, I, I found that interesting. Uh, most people are just in that mode of, oh, this is a horrible tragedy, I feel so bad, I hugged my kids today, and yeah, you know, this is all, I think, to be expected kind of reaction. Yeah, par for the course. Yeah, and then, but I'm hearing these people, you know, I deal with the public every day, and I'm hearing these people just here and there, and sometimes directly to me, yeah, this is what happens when, you know, you take God out of the schools. This is what happens when people turn away from God and these kinds of things and sort of might mm. a larger profile yeah. thing. And I just find it like sad and amusing at the same time. And it's just like, what? What are you talking about? It, it really is sad because like I, I'm an atheist and it's not like atheists don't have consciences. You know, it, it's it's insane. Yeah, I mean, there are some real solutions out there, some things, I mean, that we don't know until we implement them, but things that could possibly help some form of a gun control to uh, some, you know, that, a better mental health system that would take care of people that are like this, people that would just be not, yeah, it seems like this killer here needed mental health care and probably wasn't getting it or, you know, he was falling through the system there. Um, so yeah, we've got some real things we can do and not just send everybody back to church. We know there are several countries out there that, uh, people, uh, percentage of whom go to church is very low and they don't have these kind of mass killings on any kind of regular basis. So that's obviously just false. 
to say that that's what's going on. Or I like the what times when they just throw up their hands. Oh, nothing we can do about this. You know, it's like, yeah, you can do something about this. And yeah. And then, then the whole thing about, oh, we need more teachers with guns. And it's just like, it's like, uh, it, it's amazing how debased from reality the right wing in this country really is. Yeah, yeah, and it, the, the thing you said, all yeah, about throwing up your hands, you can't do anything about it. I, I found some people got kind of agitated when people started kind of getting on soapboxes right after this happened and saying we should do this or that. And you know, I, I wasn't so troubled by that. If people were really thinking there's something really wrong here and we need to do something about it, I think some people just think it's sort of cool to sit back and oh, okay, well, uh, things happen or. Yeah, you know, getting passionate about issues is is sort of like lame. You know, what, what, that's how things change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, Robert Larson, he joins us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Thank you for being on the Heather McCoy Show, and we'll be right back.